Welcome to the Shipe Sports Show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Shipe Sports Talk Show. I am your host, as always, Matthew Shipe. Join always my co-host and producer, Uncle Paul. How you doing? I'm doing good. Also, everyone, giving a shout out to Uncle Paul's own podcast, which is called Crazy po- Crazy Talk with a K. That's with crazy, a K. crazy talk with a K. That's right. Uh, look that up on Stitcher and uh, iTunes as well. Give him a follow. They do some funny things, talk about some funny stuff with some funny guys. Thanks for the plug. All which kicked my ass in fantasy football this year. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, you know what made me upset about that fantasy thing this year was after we did the draft, Yahoo ranks your team. I had the best ranked team and I finished second to last. How's that happen? He did. He did. I don't know how that happened, but horrible. P- poor management. Oh, thank no, more like injuries. <laughs> um join via Skype. Brad Cameron. Brad, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Shipe. Thanks uh, again for having me on the show. I'm always gonna have you on the show, buddy. Well, you the man. <laughs> <laughs> and join once again in the studio with my dad, David, the coach site. Hi, right, nice to be in here again. All right, then you want to give a little shout out? Oh, yeah. Since I'm here, I want to give a little shout out to uh, the uh, Gaithersburg High School baseball team, which I used to coach until I defi- decided to give up the scoreboard. Uh, they're Right now, they're 5-0 and and ranked uh, number three in the Washington Post in the area. So, wow. Shout out to uh, oh, Coach yeah. Coach Raberman and all the fine young gentlemen he has on that ball club. And I wish them the best for the rest of the year. That's great. Yeah, go Gaithersburg. I don't, I don't know where Senator is at in baseball, so... Sorry, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brad. If only our viewers could see my face right now. I was so oh, excited. Hey, at that. least when you went to high school, you all had a hell of a golf team. <laughs> we we were a decent golf team. We were much better at football, but uh, but it was still it was still fun being involved in athletics. So I think for golf, my senior year is when we finally won our division. I think we only lost one one match. I guess you know that, but you played four teams. I think we only lost to one team all year. Okay, yeah. So it's pretty good. And I know you went to states a couple of years. Couple. Four, maybe? Was it four? No. How many years no. ago? Well, I I don't know. What, what was districts held at Poolsville? Yeah. I don't know if I ever qualified for the state. The state really? was at yeah, my uh Maryland National. Mm-hmm. Right across University. No, university I thought it was University of Maryland. Is that Maryland National? Oh, University of Maryland. Yeah, no, not Maryland National. I'm sorry. Yeah, University of Maryland, of course. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I was thinking Maryland National. Those aren't even close. <laughs> I think I went to district once, and God, that's a hell of a course to have to walk 18 holes for. Yeah, pools was pretty long and flat, uh, but, you know. I think the worst to walk it has to be in Hampshire Greens, just because how long it is between every hole. Well, they don't let you walk that course anymore. I mean, we walked it in high school because you were, like, required to, but, like, if you go out there and play now, uh, you know, you have you have to take a car. You, you can't yeah. walk. It would, it would take you six, seven hours. Oh, it was hell for nine holes. It's like, oh, where's the second hole? Oh, about a mile that way. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. <laughs> lots of lots of distance on that res, uh, residential course can in between I, tea and green. Can I fake an injury so I can get a cart ride? <laughs> <laughs> I think the worst day of high school was um, we had to do 18 holes, I think, for our, uh, to make the team was like two days in a row. And my, I think it was my, either my junior senior year, it was like with 100 degrees in August. It was like the worst time to walk. It was like, oh, couldn't even get a pull cart. That, uh, that gets hot. It, it becomes not just golf. It becomes sur- surviving the heat at, yeah. at that moment also. So whoever, I guess whoever can uh, handle the heat Brad. the most. <laughs> oh, Brad, Paul pulled, a, Paul pulled, a, pulled the plug on you. All right, I quit. What'd you, what'd you, you take dropped that thing down. It hit something. Stand by one moment, people. Uh, Uncle Paul here 
has a few beers on his table and accidentally pulled the plug on Brad. That dropped down on the number three. Uh. <laughs> okay, there we're we back. go. We're back. Woohoo! She hears Brad. Is this thing working? It testing, is. testing. Sorry about that, everyone. Everyone, you know, it's a podcast. This is this is what fell. We had a little thing to fell. Triple A battery? No, it's a, it's a, it's a headphone oh, like okay. converter yeah, thing, yeah. and it fell I on the it. mixer, and it right onto a, the button that cancels everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get right okay. into our show. We 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 got a little fun talk for the day. Uh, we're first going to go over the NCAA Final Four. Uh, we have our Final Four teams. We're going to have Wisconsin against Kentucky and Duke versus Michigan State. And for our bracket challenge, it is very close to the top. I mean, anyone within the top 10, I think, can win. It all depends on who makes the final and who wins it. So, I mean, everyone in the top 10 is still up for grabs in that tournament. So, we'll see who wins and gets to be on the show. Uh, after the final four, we're going to go over some uh, baseball talk. We're going to do our top five MLB storylines of the year. The season starts Sunday night. Main opening day is always Monday. So we're going over our top five storylines throughout the lead. And then we're going to finish off with some Tiger Woods talk. Um, some things happened yesterday. He showed up at Augusta on his private airplane, played 18 holes. So speculation is now he's going to be back. Well, we'll get more into that later. But let's get right into it. Final four time. We got Kentucky, like I said, versus Wisconsin. And we're going to have Michigan State versus Duke. Um, Brad, let's show your thoughts first on these two games. And afterwards, uh, we'll go our prediction to who's going to win it all since we won't be back until next Thursday after the championship. So, Brad, go ahead. Well, okay, let, let, let's talk a little bit first about the Elite Eight because, man, there were, some, there were some dang good games. You look at that overtime game between Michigan State and Louisville, fantastic. Notre Dame battling Kentucky down to the wire. And even, even Wisconsin really kind of – Struggling with Arizona there in the first half, but able to hit a lot of shots in the second half and really pull away in that game. You know, Duke Duke handled Gonzaga uh, pretty well. You know, it was a tight game, but Duke had the lead just about the the whole game. But you know, let's look at this Wisconsin versus Kentucky matchup. You know, both very very gifted sized teams. They're uh, two of the two of the bigger lineups that are in college basketball, and this is this is going to be a tough one. You know, I, I think both of those teams. They'll play a very, very physical game. They're they're very athletic. I think it's really going to come down to who can hit the most shots uh, outside the paint. I don't think there's going to be a lot of easy scoring in the paint. You know, it's going to maybe come down to a lot of free throws hit by by teams and also and also three pointers. Um, you know, Wisconsin's going to have to knock down some outside shots because Kentucky's going to be crashing the boards pretty hard, and and they do have a lot of size to go after rebounds and, and get putbacks and. Um, you know, extend possessions in that sense. Uh, so th- this this is a tough matchup. Wisconsin's really going to have to stay on top of their game in terms of rebounding, limiting Kentucky's second-chance opportunities. Tell you what, uh, speaking real quick of that Wisconsin game, Decker, towards the end of the stretch, he was just lights out. I mean, that three he did at the end to seal the game over those defenders was just – it was a floater, and it just dropped right in like he does it all the time. I mean, I think – you know, what's the big man name for Wisconsin? I can never say his name. Frank Kaminsky. Kaminsky. He's yeah. the key player, but I feel like the key man for Wisconsin against Kentucky, I think actually could be Decker because if he can get stay hot with those three-pointers and get on a roll, and let's say hit five, six, or even seven threes, I mean, he can keep this team in the game. So I think it, Kaminsky will have to play good, but I think the man that has to play, that has to shoot lights out, is going to have to be Decker from that three-point range in this game. Well, I'll tell you the truth, Shipe. Actually, Decker is uh, their highest ever recruited player for for that university, and uh, he he has a love hate relationship 
with the well the coach has a love-hate relationship with Decker sometimes Decker makes really great plays and sometimes he makes some pretty idiotic plays so you know he's really gonna have to limit his mistakes you know I've watched several of their games where you know I see coach Bo Ryan kind of you know rolling his eyes and grabbing his head and you know wondering what Decker's thinking and then sometimes he comes up with with just the biggest plays like he did against Arizona you know some of the biggest plays not afraid you know he's a competitor and he's you know he's willing to take big shots but you know, he's going to limit some of his uh, uh, some of his bad decisions, I guess. Well, that's why I said it depends on which Decker shows up. Is it going to be unlucky it, Decker exactly. or is it going to be the one that's going to yeah. just drain the threes, not take any wild, crazy shots and mm-hmm. can just drain? Because if he drains these threes, they, they have a chance to beat Kentucky. Oh, definitely. Yep. So, um, all right, Coach, let's go to you about the Wisconsin-Kentucky matchup. Well, it's it's pretty much what, what Brad said. You know, my, my, big, my thing on this is how – the big men for both squads are going to fare inside. Who's going to take control inside and uh, get what they get done? What they need to get done for for their team in order to win. Uh, you know, Wisconsin has some big players. They have some big players inside. You know, Kentucky. You know, they have giants inside. Seems like all their at one point they can put a starting five out there. It's probably seven foot. Seems like it. The way you look at the game down there, you see Kentucky. Five men on the floor, and it's like, where, you, where are you going to pass? Where is there a place to, to to bounce a ball to somebody? Their arm spans and everything is just, you know, just just watching them is just. Now you know why they're undefeated, but it's how you know the big men for Wisconsin fare up with the big men for Kentucky, and you know, a couple outside shots like both of you said, Decker, if he can make some at that point, and uh, if he could, it's 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 going to be a good ball game to watch. You know, from both sides. Decker will definitely be the game changer, I think, in that game. Tomiski, you know, he's always going to be good, but I think Decker will be the game changer to where if they need a big three, can he hit it? If he can hit it, then they can stay in this game. If he, you know, starts messing up, missing shots, and Kentucky's going to pull away because Decker's going to want to force too many shots to try to come back, and that could be their undoing. Uh, what do I do our pitch for this game? Uh, I'm going to go with Kentucky in this game. Simply because I don't think I just think they're just too much. They're undefeated for a reason. Uh, I mean, Notre Dame gave them a run for this money, but like like what Brad pointed out with the Seattle Seahawks, Kentucky finds ways to win games, and that's what good teams do. They I mean, obviously the Seahawks didn't beat the Patriots, but like the season went on, same for Kentucky, they find ways to win games, and that's what good teams do. And I think they'll find a way to win this game. If they're down like against Notre Dame, they fought back, they forced Notre Dame to make a couple mistakes, and they won the game. Uh, Brad, let's go for your uh, prediction for the game. Let's see. Well, you know, the the obvious choice would be to take Kentucky. Uh, but I think that the Wisconsin guards are good enough to really disrupt this flow of Kentucky. I, I haven't really been sold on the Harrison twins for, for all that long. And uh, I think Wisconsin finds a way to really disrupt them. And uh, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to take Wisconsin in this one. Coach, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and go with Kentucky. That's the only team from my whole entire ballot that's still still in this thing. So I'm going to stick with Kentucky. Yeah, I'm done. I had Arizona winning it, so that ended for me very quickly. Uh, let's go over to the second game: uh, Duke versus Michigan State. Michigan State, like I said, Izzo wins. He somehow wins. Louisville. I'm sorry, Brad, for your Louisville pick, but Izzo. Izzo, Notre Dame and Louisville. <laughs> Izzo finds a way to win in March. It's it's crazy how they're match. I mean, 
I guess you call theirs. They're almost their seventh seed, but I would consider their run Cinderella. I mean, they went through the two seed, they went through the four seed, so their runs continuing. Now they got to play the one seed. So, um, Brad, first, what are your thoughts on Duke versus Michigan State? Let's see. Wow, two absolutely incredible coaches. I mean, two Hall of Fame coaches, no doubt about it. Izzo uh, and Shusevsky, res- uh, re- respectively, both absolutely incredible. So you know they're going to have their teams mentally prepared for this and, and have studied every single thing that they need to. Uh, you know, and, and when you get down to the Final Four, both every team that's made it here is hot. You know, it's not like you can go with the hot hand because. You know, you don't you don't win four games accidentally in the NCAA tournament. Like, you, you know, you must be playing well. I just, you know, I've seen Michigan State play too many games where where they go cold for too long. And I think that will end up hurting them against a team like Duke that uh, that likes to score and that can get some consistent points in Okafer. You know, Michigan State doesn't have a lot of size. They rely a lot on on outside shooting, uh, and and I just think that they're gonna go, you know have too many dry spells without points. And I got Duke in this one, Coach. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Duke in this one, and the, the thing that I would look at is how can Michigan State handle Okafor? What are they gonna come up with to try to slow him down? You're not gonna stop him, but how can you slow him down and and make more a little bit more pressure on the other Duke players to pick up what Okafor or they're able to to slow him down with. If you know if that happens, Michigan State might have it. But I'm going to go with Duke on this one. I'm going to go with you guys, Duke too. I mean, Okafor is just playing amazingly right now. Like I said, when the tournament started, how far can he take them? And I think he can ride them all the way to the national championship. And also, Cooks, point guard, Dematha grad, so local boy. He's playing good. It's one of those players where I wish would have gone to Maryland. I know Brad's probably thinking the same thing a little bit. Kevin Miller would be a pretty good combo, I think. Well, yeah, that that that's true. Uh, but I just think dude, they're just hot right now. They're a hot team. They're winning everything. They're they're. I really, I mean, I know a couple teams have kept them close, but I really don't think they've had a problem with any win this whole tournament. I think they're the only team that's probably, I think, has cruised. Mm-hmm. through wins. I mean, they cruised the first round. San Diego State didn't put up a challenge. Utah, a little bit of fight, but they ended up pulling away at the end. Gonzaga was around for maybe like a couple minutes, and Duke just found a way. I think they're the only team, they're only they're the only one seed that has comfortably kept going and didn't have a problem. Wisconsin, they ran it through, they ran it through their problem with North Carolina. Arizona State with them to the end. Duke, I don't think, ever had the stress of losing towards the end of a game. And that's what I think is going to help them is that momentum of them just Winning and winning convincingly is going to carry with them, and I'm going to go with Duke over Michigan State, and I'm I got Kentucky Duke set up for the finals. So Brad, with your final being said, it's Wisconsin and Duke. Mm-hmm. Who do you got? Who's your national champion? Ultimately, uh, if you look at the blue that I'm wearing, uh, I, I'm going to take Duke. As much as that frustrates me, I just think they have way way too good of a balance. I mean, they got guys who can knock down shots and then you have Okafer, the, you know, the, uh, possibly the best player in college basketball projected number one pick for the NBA. Uh, you know, their inside out game is just unstoppable. And I, I don't think anyone beats Duke with the experience of, of a coach K, you know, I don't know how you can, uh, how you can bet against them. So I, I have, I have Duke going all the way. Coach Duke also. I've been fighting on this. 
all week about Kentucky or Duke. Both blue and white teams, by the way. <laughs> so, Brad, which one? <laughs> I'm going with blue and white. <laughs> so, even if Kentucky makes it, you're a winner either way. Uh, well, um, I have Wisconsin, though. So. I know. I'm trying to I'm trying to lay my pick. Um, I'm going to go with Duke just because I think, yeah, Kentucky has those, all those high-profile players, but I don't think any of them compares to Okafor and what he can do. He's a special player. Every year in college, you you have this one special player. Last year with like Wiggins, I mean, you always have one special player that's going to come out of college and is going to be someone special in the NBA. And I think this year is Okafor. I think he's a special college player. He probably won't win Player of the Year. He'll probably go to Comiskey from Wisconsin because Comiskey is that only player that really does. I think it's a carrier of Wisconsin. I mean, without them, they're not they're not the same. I feel like Duke. You know, without Okafor, they may be able to do a little bit. But I just think Okafor is going to guide this team to the national championship. And Duke will once again cut the net down. And Coach K will have no national title on his belt and will hurt Maryland fans again, even though they're not in the ACC. When's the last time they won a um, championship? Uh, how many years ago was it? They beat Butler, was it three or four years? Who is this? This is Duke. Duke, Duke, Duke. yeah. Uh, I think it was O. It was recently, wasn't it? Maybe it was 2011. That might have been their, their most recent. I know it was. It was wasn't um so, Jimmy. God, what was that guy's name from Butler that was on Jimmy? I, don't know, I think it was. I think it was 2010. 2010. Who was the guy from Butler that was on the team? Jimmy uh, Fredette. Oh, no, that was for BYU. Gordon Hayward. Hayward was was the one who missed the the shot at the very end. Okay. Yeah, shot off the backboard. That was in 2010. I yeah. I do know that. Mm-hmm. So it was very, oh, okay. Very recently. I mean, Duke has been. It's funny they won that, and then they went on like a little streak of having bad tournaments where they're two and one seeds losing, and now Coach K finally got a balanced team to take them back. And unfortunately mm-hmm. for teams like Duke, to where you have an Okafor and you know, you know he's he's a one and done. It's like you almost have to win now because you know you're going to lose your star player. I mean, Coach K always finds ways to recruit players, but someone like Okafor, you have to take advantage of. Right. Like, um, I feel Kansas. If Wiggins would have stayed one more year, it probably would have been Kansas this year. You know, it's always like a special player that freshmen like that. They leave after one year, and it's like crap. I have to reload because you lose that one player. Okafor, he's, well, is he leaving next? Is he more, a senior? Yeah, no, he's a freshman. But in college, you can leave after one year. Oh, so he's going so, straight to. Oh, the he's gone. NBA. This. Yeah, no he'll way. go. You know, here's another thing about Duke that show though shape that a lot of people don't realize is they have three really good freshmen. They have three freshmen that average double digit points. Well, yeah. Just Cooks. Justice Winslow. Uh, and and Tyus Jones Cooks is not he he's not a freshman he's not God, why do I feel like he's a freshman for some reason Quinn Cook is not a freshman I think he's uh, he's either a sophomore or actually I think I think he's a junior but really? Justice Justice Winslow has been playing great in in the term I mean he took over pretty much uh, against Gonzaga and just absolutely tore it up but Tyus Jones their their point guard he's averaging about I think eleven or twelve points a game Justice Winslow around the same I think twelve. And then uh, you have Okafor averaging around 17. So they, they have three really, really good freshmen uh, you know, who, who have stepped in and obviously been, you know, been able to, to impact and, and help their team move, uh, you know, move up in the rankings and, and, and do things. Well, then, since you mentioned that, I think almost like Duke, you know, if Okafor is obviously going to leave. Those other two, for some, for some reason, they want to stay, not go to the NBA. He'll have a solid team. I think Kentucky, I know he recruits for every year. They're almost in a must-win this year because they're probably going to lose most of their team. I mean, a lot of those players probably want to go to the draft. I mean, they've said they've said on ESPN most of them will probably go. They're going to lose a lot of guys. Uh, that, they're in a that, must-win, I think, in my opinion. I think they're in a must-win. I would, I would have to agree with you. Uh, you know, 
But you have to also consider they have so many guys that come off the bench that it's hard for some of these guys coming off the bench to go pro when the pros have nothing, you know, they haven't seen much of them. Uh, you know, I, I think Kentucky will, will have, you know, they'll probably lose four or five of their, you know, really, really good players. But I think they'll probably have, along with reloading, four or five really good players again. You know, I, I think it is kind of a win now situation because, you know, you have the perfect season riding. That's what I meant for like a perfect season. This is, this is probably the best chance for someone to have it, I think. For the, I mean, for the past 30 years, I think this is really one of the best chances for someone to have. Uh, I mean, you know, no disrespect to like Wichita State, you know, a couple of years back, but they're not really a major, you know, player as in, you know, I'm talking about like major conferences type teams. Yeah, Wichita State is not going to have a Power 5 conference where, whereas, you know, going undefeated like Kentucky did in a Power 5 conference uh, speaks volumes. Uh, you know, whereas Wichita State in a little bit softer of a conference, not that it's not extremely difficult to pull off. Congrats to that organization, everything that they've been doing. Uh, but it's a little bit more feasible uh, in a conference like that. Yeah, I mean, like a team like Wichita State, you see once they hit the big teams in the tournament, yeah, they beat Kansas, who wasn't as strong as they normally are, which we're probably seeing that they probably were over ranked at number two for a two seed. But when they met a team like Notre Dame, I mean, it was the wheels fell off. So you see like a team of Wichita State, they can run through their conference. But when they meet a power five conference team, they're not the same team at all. True, but let's... Let's give Notre Dame a little bit of credit. Um, you know, they were playing really, really good at that moment. I mean, they only lost to Kentucky, well, no, I'm not who's everyone's away from unanimous them. favorite. Uh, no, not taking away from Notre Dame. I'm just saying, like, Wichita came up against a force that is playing two points worse than the undefeated Kentucky team. Um, you know, so that that lost Notre Dame, you know, I, I, I'm not penalizing Wichita State too, too much, uh, you know, because I, I, I've seen them go toe-to-toe with with some other big school teams and, um, you know, either win or, uh, or hang a little bit better than they get, than they did against Notre Dame. But Notre Dame was playing, uh, I mean, two points worse than Kentucky. So they're playing at a very, very high level. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be a great final four, a great final on Monday. Everyone make sure you check out the final four this weekend and make sure you tune into the national championship on a Monday, which is probably should get some good ratings because it's spring break. So should be a lot of, you know, kids who are into college basketball are going to watch it, you know, that's one thing I wish they would change. You know, I know Monday they feel is a good day to have it, but like the NCAA championship, like on Monday, it's like, you know, people may have worked on Tuesday or something. And you're just like, eh, you know, if you're a big college fan, you'll stay up. But like the normal fans, like, eh, I go to bed. It's whatever. So I wish they maybe change that to like a Saturday or something, you know, like a, like a primetime game. Yeah. they. Sh- I mean, I don't see why they do it. I'm sure they have a reason for it, but I don't know why they do it on a Monday. I mean, are they still playing? I mean, there's no more games, right? Or is there, are they playing over the weekend? Yeah. They, got well, the they play Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Final. Final then, Four Saturday. And then the finals on Monday. Oh, okay. So maybe just to give yeah. them a rest. Yeah, but you have to remember, Monday night, it's the only show in town. Well, that's true. They're also going to be know? competing with opening day of baseball, though. Oh, well, yeah? They're, they're, they're in the evening. You'll I'm get sure, some I'm opening sure day some games. Yeah. <laughs> that's but, what channel switchers are for. I remember they're yeah. in remember they're in, in Indianapolis, not in the Annapolis. In the Annapolis. Did you hear the mayor got upset about that? No, I didn't. Did you, but I, no, I thought that was what a happened? Funny there's a there's a commercial where who who was it? It was uh, Samuel, Charles Barkley, Samuel Jackson, Spike Lee. Yeah, and Spike, they're yeah. they're trying to get the Annap- Indianapolis for the Final Four. Yeah. Well, Charles Barkley is like in the Annapolis, <laughs> so they roll they roll through and it says Annapolis. He's like, oh, we're here, we're in the Annapolis. They're like, you mean we're supposed to go to Indianapolis? He said, yeah, in the Annapolis. <laughs> <laughs> so the mayor came out and said, well, I don't like the way they showcase Annapolis and. 
you know, from my dad said, be happy that you're getting some national attention. Just take it and just go. Yeah, otherwise yeah, right? no one even yeah. know. That people <laughs> know that's the capital of Maryland. So it's like, this is this is good advertising. Half the country you. thinks it's Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore or <laughs> something else. Like, so if you would take a poll of half the people in the nation, they'd probably be like, oh, it's got to be Baltimore. I'd say over half. I'm sure a quarter would say D.C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. I I bet there would be a, a bunch of people that would say D.C. is the capital of Maryland. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a short break and hear from our um, little producer what he has for us. And then we'll right back on the other side, we'll go over the MLB. So stay with us. Hey, this is Paul from the Shipe Sports Talk podcast. Just wanted to let you know how you can listen to our podcast while you're on the go using an app called Stitcher. You can listen anytime, anywhere using the award-winning free Stitcher app. Best part is, when you stream our podcast or any of the other 20,000 available out there, there's no downloading, no syncing, or no wasted memory. It's on demand and on the go. So if you don't already have the Stitcher app on your iPhone, Android phone, or tablet, download it free today at Stitcher.com or from your app store. Add us to your favorites list, and every week when we put out our new episode, Stitcher will automatically update and have the latest episode of the Shipe Sports Talk podcast waiting for you. While you're there, it really helps us get our podcast noticed if you give us a nice review, rating, and thumbs up. We'll greatly appreciate it. Have a comment or question? Easy. Go to shipesportstalk.com, click on the Contact Us tab, and there you'll be able to submit your questions or comments. We love hearing from you, so we'll be sure to thank you live on the air. You'll also find on shipesportstalk.com the latest episodes, show notes, and other ways to find us on platforms like iTunes and YouTube. Now, back to the show. What you're just listening to was the no-hitter thrown by Jordan Zimmerman at the last regular season game last season. Uh, what a way to end the season for the Nationals last week. I mean, they lost in the playoffs, but then the regular season, no-hitter. First no-hitter in national history, that was awesome. And the catch was even more amazing. Yeah, that catch was ridiculous. I was upset because I had a, I was um I was working that day. So I'm getting messages on my cell phone. I get ESPN alerts. Jordan Zimmerman, no-hitter through six. No-hitter through seven. No-hitter through eight. I'm like shit, I'm going to miss this. So I hurry home, so I'm in the car, and I hear the call in the car, and I go crazy in the car. I think the guy next to me was like, what the hell's wrong with him? <laughs> but, it, you know, it's something, you know, hopefully every national fan out there actually got to see that, got to be a part of it, because that is part of history, you know? I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, first one, no hitter. I mean, kudos to the people who actually went to the game. That was pretty awesome to see. I don't think anyone expected to see that, because it was the day before the playoffs, so you're expecting Jordan to go six or seven innings and be taken out, but... He had the no hair going, so Williams was like, you know what? I'm gonna keep him in there. Yeah. Let him go. And good. I wish you'd have done that in the postseason. <laughs> <laughs> Look what happened in the postseason. Crawled yeah. in storing. Should have did it. <laughs> now you know what? Now that doesn't make sense. <laughs> you keep him in for a no hitter, and he had a great game going. Should have kept him in the postseason, but rookie manager, little rookie mistakes. Rash shaking his head. <laughs> I couldn't believe that happened. I was like, Zimmerman's doing great. Like, why why is he coming out? Nah. And I, I felt bad for Storm because once again he blew it. Is that the reliever? Or I mean, yeah, the, it was the second. Or whatever. Yeah, it was the second playoff game where he kind of blew one. I still think the first one though, those balls and strike calls were bullshit. But whatever. What was that That's last? Or two years ago? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I think Williams, and I'm not the smartest manager around either. When I was doing baseball, uh, he gets two pitches that are outside, and he's 
really they're right there on the black. But the umpire calls them ball. I, I think uh, me, I probably would have gone out to the mound and maybe, you know, calmed him down. And if you had him on a pitch gown, just tell somebody like Zimmer, hey, look, three pitches left. There's two outs. You don't get it in three. Somebody's coming in. And then see how his eyes are when they look at you. Look real good. Say, okay, you got three pitches. Let's go. Let's get the hell out of here. That's, you know, that's my take. And it's always a what if. Like, if they kept him in there, what happened if the Nationals win that series, that game? They go on. They won game three, so then you're up 2-1, and you have a chance to bring it back to D.C. But, I mean, when you're down 2-0 to a team like the Giants, it's it's hard to come out of that. But, um, all right, let's get right into it. Um, actually, speaking of Zimmerman, top five storyline for MLB season, I guess we'll go with my first one, which will be we'll go around one, then we'll say our second one so we all can discuss our, our top five. Uh, my first one is actually the Nationals rotation. Uh, that's actually a big storyline throughout MLB. I mean, are they going to be as dominant? I mean, they're saying this could be the best rotation ever. They're comparing them to that Philly rotation that had like Cliff Lee, Hamels, Holiday. Uh, I think this rotation is going to be better than that. I think the ERA combined could be under three all year for all these pitchers. I mean, yeah, that's a bold prediction right there, Brad. That's Pretty bold. bold. Uh, that's a bold. I'm going bold prediction on that. I feel oh, yeah, like that happens. I feel like the Nats can score four runs a game. They're going to win every game. <laughs> they could win every game with this pitching staff. But yeah. we got to look at the bullpen. Has there ever been a team, I'm sure maybe, but but has, has been as stacked as these guys are going to be? In terms of the whole team or the or rotation? The pitch in the, yeah, in the, the pitching. pitching? Yeah. The, the Phillies a couple years ago. But I feel like uh, the big thing between us and the Phillies was I feel like our 4-5 was better than their 4-5 that year. I think they had um, Roy, uh, Oswald. Was their yeah, one, was their right. pitcher? Yeah, and I feel like Fister and Gonzalez are better than him. Gonzalez was pitching lights out during the um, regular season, so um, I, I think their pitching staff is going to be dominant. And like I said, my bold prediction this year is going to be under three point oh. Okay, uh, I, I th- throw in the 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 hitting the, or the rest of the team for hitting. Beginning of the season should be interesting. We're losing three out of our nine or out of our eight starters. Uh, all three are actually on the DL. Uh, oh, I think geez. two will be back within I think two to three weeks. Will be Rendon and Worth. Span within within a month, so let's hope they keep on track for their rehab and get them back soon. But I feel like our bench plays are be pretty good to where I can. Buster Alney from ESPN said that we have a soft schedule in April and we'll benefit from that a lot, and also a soft division. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, they should have this division wrapped up in August. Shouldn't even get to September. Wow. Uh, Brad, let's go over your first MLB storyline of the year. Uh, it, it's going to be similar to your shape, but I'm going to go on the back end. Uh, of us, and I'm going to go with the Nats bullpen. Uh, you look at our rotation and how great it's been for several years now, and come playoff time, usually our rotation does a good enough job to put us in position to win games, and our bullpen finds ways to lose games. Uh, so I'm going to go with our bullpen. I really want to see them closing out games, you know, getting these wins that that we that we should get. And building my confidence, putting them in come playoff time when we have a one-run lead, we're up 1-0, we're up 2-1, whatever the case may be, uh, you know, making me feel confident that that we should yank our starter and knowing someone's going to come in and be just as dominant uh, as they are. So I'm going go with the Nats bullpen. I think that's uh, a really big, big thing to, to look for. You know, you talked about the bullpen, and you know what really is a big difference for me this year that I think is going to help us is 
I look at Soriano from last year. Mm-hmm. I look at Storm from this year and two years ago. The reason I like Storm better than Soriano is Soriano didn't really have a strike three pitch where he could get someone out. Where if he had two strikes, he didn't have, you know, like Mariano had the cutter. Hoffman, you know, he had pitches. I don't feel like Soriano, I feel like he was a contact pitcher. Where Storm has that backdoor two-seam fastball where if it's moving, you ain't touching it. That sinker is in the 90s. You're not going to touch that. So I feel like that's what's going to help us is if Storm can get that mentality over and pitch the way he did in September last year where he was on a roll. Subtract that October, but pitches the way he did in September last year. I mean, he could be looking at 40 saves this year. I mean, I feel like he has an out pitch where he can just he can strike out anyone on any given day. I mean, it, it makes sense. What you're saying makes sense to me, Shipe. You know, you look at the confidence of our starters. They're confident. The wheels are rattling with our relievers and our bullpen. I mean, I mean, it's it, that 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 this isn't some kind of you know trick. It's obvious. It's obvious that we don't close out games, and it's obvious that it bites us in the butt come playoff time. And so, I want to see these guys throwing with confidence when they come into these games. And um, the only way they're going to do that is if they get these wins. So we need to see them get these saves and uh, then I'll, I'll start having confidence. I think that is how we ride or die. I mean, it, it, it that's exactly what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. We're going to be like this on a really nice upslope in the playoffs. If our bullpen's doing well, if not, it's going to be the same like, like we do. We're going to tank. And I hate to say that, but that's uh, you know, that that's a big thing. So that's one of the big storylines for me. Uh, to look look forward to this year is, is seeing that bullpen. Dad, your number one storyline? Well, my number one storyline, I'm going to go to the other end of the spectrum from you guys. Uh, what I keep looking at, you know, reading the papers and you, on uh, MLB and ESPN is these little injuries. Some of them are more than little. And uh, you, you, get, you have a fair amount of players that are, that are injured. Some big name players for some of these teams and yeah, my thing is how are these teams going to fare when the season starts, and then you get into the, the the middle of the season, you know, April, May, you know, when these guys come back, are they going to be as good as you know they're capable of being, and are they going to be able to keep, uh, you know, the the teams that that have these injuries, are they going to be able to keep pace until these guys come back, or are they going to dwindle down into the standings. Now it's going to fight when these guys come back. And when they come back, they may not be at full force. It's going to take them a while. You know, how's that going to play into the first half of the season? You know, you have some players out. You know, Detroit, Verlander just went on a 15-day disabled list. Uh, and the Orioles, Matt Wieters, you know, uh, he possibly could go on it. They're looking at him. Maybe he'll be back by mid-April. And, you know, he's he, he's coming back from a Tommy John surgery. And the same arm is now giving him a little bit of problems. So, you know, you take into that, and then, you know, the Angels out on the West Coast, they have Hamilton in rehab. You know, is he ever going to come back? You know, can they replace him with somebody and then just roll on in their in, the, in their division? Then you have, you know, Gary Rasmus, one of their pitchers. You know, he possibly be back in May. Okay, now who's going to come in the rotation that will replace him? and can be able to do a job that he can. So, you know, that that's my number one thing this year is, is, is injuries, which is, you know, teams have to look at. And then you talk about the Nationals with theirs, you know, three starters are out. And I just read the day that, you know, K- Casey, uh, was it Jansen there, the, the setup, setup man. man, 
Mm. You know, possibly his his arms hurt. He may be ready opening day. He may not be. That's question. And when you talk about injuries with the Nationals, can the catcher Ramos stay healthy? You know, what, what's it's been the last three years? You want to take a side bet on when he's going to get injured. If he uh-huh. stays healthy all year, then they'll be they'll be good. So that that's my top story. And you know, it's it's injuries. They have to be able to produce when the people that are injured are not there to start for them. All right, we'll go around in our number two. My number two is Joe Madden with the Cubs. Can he bring a winning mentality to the Cubs? Um, they just had their big rookie. They sent him down to the minors, Chris Bryant. You know, he had led the majors nine home runs in spring training. In spring training. Uh, maybe they're trying to develop him a little more. And I like the kid's attitude. He's like, you know, I won't be down here for long. Hopefully it's not a cocky attitude. Hopefully it's where he's got to he's going to try to prove himself. Uh, you know they got Lester, so I think the Cubs maybe a team to look out for. Maybe not this year, but maybe the next coming years with Joe Madden. I mean he took a you know a very del- a, you know a raised team that wasn't you know was under the radar. They were young and he took them you know all you know to the playoffs and they became a playoff contender year in year out with him. So can he bring that same mentality to? The Cubs and bring the Cubs back from their little slump from was it nineteen eighteen the curse was it the goat right the goat yeah. curse yeah yeah goat curse yeah I mean coach curse the Bambito was broken all good curses must come to an end or bad curses what's a goat curse um God I don't know the story God I can't think of the story the story uh, behind that I'll Can look you? it up I'll look it up door yeah look it up yeah I know the Bambito curse was because the Red Sox traded Babe Ruth to the Yankees but uh Brad your number two storyline. Uh, my number two storyline, it, it, it's really not necessarily about the regular season, but more about the postseason is how will the Giants do without Sandoval? Uh, you know, he's been such a big playmaker for them, especially with his bat in the postseason. You know, so I'm really wondering, you know, the Giants go from World Series to not making the playoffs to World Series. You know, y- y- this is this is year in, year out. You know, so I wonder how will they do without Sandoval? I, I think, you know, and and, and mainly postseason. You know, if, if, if the Giants do make it, uh, I, I think not having his experience, uh, you know, having his electricity can 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 really be detrimental to, to how far they go in the postseason. So that's uh, that, that's one of the big ones I want to look for a little bit in the regular season, but mainly in that postseason. Before you start, I got the curse of the goat on in 1945. Billy Goat Tavern or Billy. Um, Sinus was asked to leave a World Series game against Detroit Tigers because his goat had a bad odor. Yeah. And on the way out, he declared them Cubs ain't going to win no more. And they haven't won since that happened. So (laughs) you can also blame that fan who caught a Rod Moises at Lou of that catch. That was... That poor guy. I felt bad for that guy. He was just a fan trying to catch the ball, you know? I mean... You gotta be smart in that though. Yeah, you yeah. Have to be smart yeah. in that. <laughs> don't don't ever lean over. No, no, get out of the way, man. Yeah, he got the. I wonder if he did what? he sell that ball or something. I bet you could sell that for some money. I'm sure no I one want to buy it though. The new curse ball. I don't know. Yeah, whoever it buys it's gonna punch him in the face yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to mail it. All right, Dad, your number. Uh, coach, your number two. Well, I, I, my number two, a couple from two on down, may not be really. Big, big things. But I, I'm curious to see how Alex Rodriguez is going to help the Yankees out. Okay? Is he going to get in the form? Might be a little later in the season. But is he going to be consistent for them? Since You know, he's going to be the DH. And, you know, having a elder statesman, which I say like Rodriguez, even though he messed up 
a year or two back, a couple years back. Uh, can he perform or, or be a little leadership for the Yankees? You know, other players, you know, they they all they love him, but how is he going to help the Yankees after the year of absence? Is he going to help them or is he going to hinder them? That that would be something to watch out for. They had him playing first base today. I right. mean, he's learning. He's That's learning. The problem. He's learning. Uh, my number three is going to be. Speaking of Saint of all, I'm gonna go with the Boston Red Sox. I told you that before we came here. What my number three was. You asked me what my three, what my five was, and I told you Boston was one of them. So all right, give let, me that. Let, 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 let's get before back you to even here. started. No, we we're sitting at the dinner table, and he goes, "Oh, did I tell you what we were talking about tonight?" Uh, no. I thought it. No, you never mentioned it. So here I am scrambling to get all this information together. It's it's that's why it's some of it's out in left field. Hell, some of it's still in center field trying to come through the gate. <laughs> so you know that's that's communication. That's you know. So I'm I'm ad libbing it here. I'm just flinging it here. <laughs> Sorry. Well, anyway, back to my number three. Uh, Boston is, they reloaded during the offseason, and are they going to come back from what happened? I mean, they went from a World Series team to a last-place team, and I think it's going to see what these new additions are going to bring with Sandoval, Hanley Ramirez, who I'm looking at, they're saying is going to be playing left field, so a new position for him. Yeah, on the on the depth chart, if you look at ESPN, they have him in left field. Wow. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that, but okay. Hey, that, hey ESPN, it must be right. Well, I mean, I, I agree with the report being correct. I don't know if that's a good play. Oh, we'll find out. I mean, Harper went from catcher to outfield, and that turned out yeah, pretty good. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think Harper's a better athlete, I think. Yeah, maybe. But I think that's I think that's a big storyline where are they going to go from World Series to gutter team back to the top again? I mean, it's pretty, it'd be pretty nice to see a team go up, down, back up, but it's a tough division, I think, with the Orioles up there. But I did, there are baseball show, I did, you know, pick them to win the wild card. So I think they'll do it. I think Sandoval will bring, even they said he was fat, but he has always been fat. I mean, he's always big. I don't know how much fatter he can get. I mean, they want to talk about someone being fat. They look at, they should look at Prince Fielder, for God's sakes. Those are or, big boys. What was the old dude from the age of Mo Vaughn? That was a big boy. Oh, yeah. Well, neither one of them were bad ball players. No, they can hit. You know, they, they could tattoo it. And Sandoval can run, too. I mean, they call him the panda. <laughs> but um, I, I think I think he'll make a bring a good bat to team so with Hanley you know Hanley you know he's getting up there in age but I feel like he still has some years left to him where he can produce and run I mean he's still young so um yeah I think it's Boston to see what they can do see if they can rise back to the top from uh from the ashes uh Brad your number three uh my number three what we're going to look out for is the communication between Matt Scheip and David his father because obviously (laughs) it's the laughing right now (laughs) No, that is, uh, that's zing. That's line news. That's funny. Do you have one of those little drum things that didn't? Uh, no. Well, I no, I don't. I have. Uh, let's see what I do have. I have this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Laugh it up, fuzzball. All right. In all honesty, here's uh, you know, th- this kind of ties into the Nationals uh, as well, but. Will the Tigers have a setback without Scherzer? Uh, you know, we're going to have to really watch their rotation and see if Verlander can, you know, can can take on some, you know, some more responsibility that he hasn't had to uh, deal with too much in, in the past couple of years with, with Scherzer, Scherzer really elevating his game. Uh, Verlander's kind of been along for the ride in a little bit of a sense, but now Price is going to need a little bit more help. And so 
know, I, I, I think a storyline to look for is the, the Tigers rotation there. You're number three. Yeah, number three is I'm, I'm going to add a little bit what he said from the Red Sox. Uh, they'll they'll do okay. They'll get in the playoffs. But in order to get over the top, are they going to be able to get another starter that they will truly need to get past wild card and get to the divisional series and stuff like that? I, I believe, you know, listening to some of the uh, Major League Baseball and, and ESPN, some of the, they need to get one more starter to be able to do this worst to first and, and win everything. So let's see if they can get they can find a starter somewhere and there's a cup like there they might be looking at, but we don't know yet. But if they pick one up, then I would give them that that'd be a good line if they can get another starter. All right. And we'll go to my number four is actually the Padres. Um my title for them this year is all in. I think they went all in with the trades they made, you know, Upton, Kemp, Myers. Uh, the I think they got Norris. I think it was a catcher they got. I think it was was it Brett Norris? That's right. Yeah, Norris. Uh, James Shields. Uh, they also got Andrew Kashner. Uh, Ian Kennedy, I believe, is a pitcher for them as well. They got him. Mm-hmm. So I think I believe this year their motto is all in. Uh, we'll see how they do. I mean, they're in a tough West division. I mean, you had to make some moves to compete in that NL West. I mean, you got the Dodgers, you got the Giants. I mean, you had to do something big to compete, and they try to go out and do something big. So, so I feel like. And the players they brought in, they're not the youngest of players. I mean, they're getting up there. I mean, they're a lot of their production value have gone down over the years. I mean, Upton slowly on the decline. Kemp has been injured off and on. Shields, he's been up there in age as a pitcher. So, I mean, they got Kashner, who's not, you know, he's not that old. Kennedy, which I bet the Yankees are kicking themselves in the face for getting rid of right now. Um, so I feel, you know, it's all in for them to see how they compete against this West team of the Giants, of the Dodgers. And speaking of, you know, like Kennedy, you know, I come to think, Yankees been getting rid of a lot of pitchers that have gone on to success. Teams like Kennedy and Phil Hughes. So Yankees need to stop trading their young arms away. <laughs> they need to stop doing that because they turn out to be better players once they leave. Uh, but um, yeah, that's my number four, all in for the Padres. Uh, Brad, your number four? Uh, my number four, once again, it, this is more of a postseason uh, watch, but. Can Machado stay healthy? You know, you look at Baltimore and the success they, they've had the past couple of years. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of it has come down to, you know, Chris Davis not playing for them when they need him most. And then Machado also went out. And Machado's had a couple a couple knee problems the past few years. And, you know, not, not necessarily that the sky's the limit with Baltimore, but 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 they've had some really, really solid uh, solid squads. And and had chances to do great things. And then some of their leaders uh, have have not been there. And so, you know, I look at this Baltimore team that I, I think is is a great team. And the, the club has been doing great, uh, but they just need, you know, they, they need a little bit of help there in the postseason and, and they haven't been getting it. And so I, I really wonder if Machado is healthy this year, you know, what, what kind of electricity, what kind of big play can he make uh, to really get this team you know, past the past the first round and and, and possibly onto the AL uh, finals. Well, hopefully, Chris Davis got his Adderall approved this year, so he can stay focused. Yeah, mm-hmm. your number four. Uh, number four uh, doesn't have to deal with any of the teams or anything. It's how the new batter box rule is going to affect these players and the game. Uh, how the umpires are they going to? be sticklers, really enforce it, you know, keep the one foot in, don't be doing that, don't change gloves, put one on the left and one on the right, switch like that. Uh, 
And and what's the effect going to be if the umpires do this on your big name players? You know, like David Ortiz, you know, you stepping out, doing all this stuff that he does, knowing and step back in. Is it going to be, are they going to enforce it when he's in the box or when he gets out of the box? You know, that's going to be something to watch during the year. How is that rule going to tie in with the players and, you know, as the season goes on? It's funny you bring that up because I think the big national players are going to be affected by it is Jason Wirth. Every time yeah. he takes like a ball strike, he does like a little hand thing and he walks off like 10 feet. And But Worth is someone I think could affect pretty good because he is someone that always, he's in the batter's box for a good five minutes at times. I mean, he'll foul off pitches and when he fouls them off, he'll walk off a good, you know, five, 10 feet, think about it and come back. I mean, he's the guy who can send pitches and could this affect him in the way his routine and could affect, you know, the way he approaches pitching now. Him and Span also takes pitches, a lot of pitches as well. So you have two national players who could be affected by this big time. So, so this isn't. Is this this? This is not the strike zone. This is no. New the strike rules zone. The box, strike zone right? is still being the stress. This is the okay. one where yeah. you you have to keep at least one foot in the box. Like you can't walk off tough to your third base coach. And oh. I think something like this they should implement. If they're going to do the major leagues, bring it down a little bit because it's it all starts like in high school when we have our players, you know, came up to talk to us and everything. Where maybe you have to start starting to young to where they get used to it. Maybe. Well, you know, in, in that in high school, you usually call in time. You turn around and yeah. then you go and walk, and then if it's more than a couple seconds, umpire saying with his hand, you know, come on come back, back here, come on back here. But in high school, it's one foot out. You know, after he pitched one foot out, foul ball, you can step out, readjust because you made a contact. So that's it. Just between ball strikes that you don't make contact with, you better keep one foot in and be ready when the umpire says, "Okay, let's go." That's it. Because if you don't do it, he's He's going to signal to the pitcher to go ahead and pitch. If it's a strike, it's a strike. What are you going to do about chin music when people back away from the play? You're going to be like, yeah, can't do that. You got to keep one foot in the box. Well, there's there's certain exceptions. I know. I'm just saying. Is there a penalty or something? Or is it just. What is it? They give you a strike, is what it is? Or I haven't even heard what the penalty was. I don't know if they even came up with a penalty for that. It's just to keep the game going. Yeah. Yeah, it's just to keep the game going. I don't think it's a penalty. I'm sure they get a warning. It's just just the pitcher can pitch, and if you're not in the box to hit it, then it will. I'm assuming it's going to be a warning, and then if the player keeps going, I'm sure he'll get ejected for it. That's exactly what it'll be. It'll be a yeah. fine and ejection. I don't think it's going to change Fines. the the outcome of the game because I don't I think see. they want to do it like that. No. But it'll be a, a tossing and ejection. I mean, <laughs> like any other regulation, if you don't follow the rules, right. you're gone. You know, th- this is this is the rule. So if you want to break one of the rules, you, you're out of here. You're putting yourself above the team. You're putting yourself above the game, right. and uh, you're gone. So, yeah, I don't think there's any real penalty in terms no. of strikes, runs, anything like that. Uh, just, you know, ejection and fine. Can we, all, can we all agree the greatest ejection in any baseball game was Ricky Wilding Vaughn against the Yankees on Major League? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you all, no one knows about it. Go watch Major League. It's one of the you know, uh, some great, funny baseball movies. You got Charlie Sheen before Charlie he became Sheen. a crazy cokehead, <laughs> sniffing stuff off hookers and stuff. Wesley Snipes as a young age. It's great, great. You know, if you want to watch a funny baseball movie, don't watch it with the kids, obviously. Right. But go right. watch it. Yeah. Uh, my fifth and final storyline will be off the revolving topic of all you guys will be injuries and how it affects the opening of a season. Like you have the Verlander, you have Hunter Pence who's out. And I think the Hunter Pence is going to affect them. What? Did you write that down too? Did you write it down? Let me yeah, see. Right. This. Did you write it down too? <laughs> Let me see this. All right, good. It's not there. <laughs> will be Hunter Pence because I feel like with Sandoval out, Pence was going to have to take a leadership role in that team with Posey as their two of their most dominant hitters. And now, you know, you almost look at it, it's just Posey in there. 
and maybe Brandon Belt a little bit because they got rid of Michael Morse, who was obviously, you know, a big hitter. So now, you know, you got to look at it. It's just Posey and Pence, and Pence is now gone for a month. And then with the Nationals, you have Rendon, Worth, and Span, Tigers, Verlander. Uh, Marlins lost their top pitcher for a while, and um, Jose Fernandez. He'll be back, though, later this year, but he's out for the first couple months, and that's a big loss for them. Mets lost Zach Wheeler to Tommy John. Rangers lost their top pitcher and Hugh Darvis, and that was supposed to be, you know, like that's a 20-win man. So that's a big loss to their team. I mean, the Rangers just went from bad to just worse quick within one day, one doctor's appointment. <laughs> Pretty much. One trip yeah, to, Do- right. one yeah, trip to right. James Andrews and you're done. That's I feel like that's like a death. Well, not a death sense, but like a like a, not a good thing when you have to go see James Andrews. You're just like, it's like the last resort. Like, I don't want to see him. Don't give me the bad news. But he's a great sports doctor. So, I mean, if you want to go to anyone, go to him. Yeah. Very but true. that's I think that's my major storyline. Beginning of the year, there's a lot of injuries and how these teams are affect, and also people coming back from injuries. I think the big one is Matt Harvey, who's just been dominating people in the in the in the spring training and the Nationals. See him game three. Also, another injury is Chris Sale, who's just been pitching some minor league, trying to get back from oh. rehab, and that's their big man. So uh, I mean, just injuries to pitchers, and you know, like we mentioned last week, the Tommy Johns. And big hitters going out. So it should be interesting to see how teams are going to react to these injuries with Matt Weeders with Baltimore, like you said. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, Brad, your fifth and final spot. My fifth and final thing, uh, I, I agree with David. Um, you know, when you think baseball, you think the Yankees and and you think A-Rod. He's, he's controversial and people love to talk about him. So uh, my fifth thing on here is A-Rod and the Yankees. Uh, you know, they're constantly in the spotlight anyway. Uh, but I, I really do wonder if he can, you know, if, if he can help his ball club, what kind of distraction uh, he'll be for that team, uh, whether it's, it's it's a good distraction or a bad distraction. Uh, you know, I just I, I just wonder. I think that's something to watch just because they're the Yankees and because he's A-Rod. You know, it, it, people tune in to see that. Your final one? Well, my final one is is looking at who's who will be a surprise contender this year. Not a division winner, doesn't have to be, but what team is going to step up? You know that you would least think, or you may have had a question. They could be good. They could do this. You know who's going to come up? Like you mentioned, the, the Padres. They went all in for now. So if you look, oh, here's the Padres in first place. You know the the other teams are sitting down there in second, and third. But what what team is gonna is gonna you know jump out and make a run or make people say wait a minute you gotta watch out for these guys here you gotta watch out for this team here. Well, so who do you think, David? Good. Who M- me? Make a, yeah, make a pick. Well, who's 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 uh who's I guess I I'd, I'd say the Mets. So you're saying watch for the Mets then? Yeah, watch for the Mets. Okay, okay. I'm just making it in general. That way, if I, you know, yeah, like, but, I, but but general's too easy. We're yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I mean, look what I look, look what I did in the NCAA bracket. I mean, you know, Christ, they're, they're using my paper for the confetti for the winner. <laughs> well, who's what other team is stacked up like they weren't last season that that could actually jump out? The Padres. Yeah, they got yeah. stacked with hitting. Um, Nationals with pitching, but they're always going to be up there. Uh, I really Cubs, I mean, but maybe, but but maybe who wasn't there? The like Marlins last year. The Marlins. Marlins. Okay, Marlins. Okay. I'm telling you, look out for the Marlins. This couple of years, you got D. Gordon, Michael Morris, Juan Carlos Stanton, who will be a power in this league. 
And when Jose Jose Fernandez comes back, that rotation is not going to be a pretty bad. It should be a pretty good rotation. How did they do last uh, this last past uh, season? What was it third or fourth? I think. Did they finish third behind Atlanta or were they fourth? This is in their division. I think they were fourth. They were fourth. They were fourth. Where did oh, because Philly finished the season really well and got ahead of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they faded towards the end. That's right. The Phillies. The, the Phillies went on like a little magical run. Towards yeah, they the really end. did. Yeah, they, they made it to the playoffs or to the. Uh, no. no. Okay. Nationals were the only team in that division that made the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, just in that division. Yeah. Mostly every year, it's always going to be one team out of the NL East. I mean, it's really just the Nationals and people now. You have to remember, I didn't have a whole lot of time to put, you know, <laughs> here contenders on here. No, it was a good had... question. I mean, it was a good. It was a good. Topic. I just don't want you sneaking away with saying, well, let's watch and see what happens. That's Of course, let's yeah, watch that's and it, see what man. happens. I, Remember, I, I, I was talking them, about hey, them. Tell me what you think is going to yeah, happen. Here, here hey, you're on Shite Sports Talk Show. You better get here, ready for this stuff. Me and Brad don't mess around. Here come the twins. And the, and the I told you earlier, watch out for the Indians. He did say, he did say that. That was his okay. little, my little wild card pick with the White Sox. Remember that? Yeah. That was my team. So when's Which, the show? Which you looks, guys have got some kind of smoke going on in there. You guys are blowing some smoke in the studio right now. <laughs> something. Paul's got all these bottles everywhere in here. They, they're all like half filled now. But um, <laughs> there we go. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> so yeah, there's a that, few that more. Thing's, that thing's pretty much gone. No wonder you guys are talking all this stuff about the Mets and the White Sox. <laughs> I'm t- you know, Brad, you're gonna you're gonna be surprised. Yeah. Oh yeah, coming from the guy who picked Louisville. Oh, they, <laughs> they, they, yeah, they didn't though. I wasn't that far off. Like, they lost first round. Well, you know who's gonna win? Oh, the team. They went farther than white. both of your picks. They went farther than Virginia and Villanova. So I don't want to hear it. <laughs> All right, enough. Okay. All right, enough. All right, so that's our top five storylines. Next Thursday, you know, we'll go over the first week of the season. Obviously, uh, we're going to the season real quick. In the season. God, look, look, I'm already ready for baseball season. We're going to end the show real quick with some talk. It's already over. <laughs> when does the season start? Sorry. Sunday night, one game, but then the real day is Monday. Everyone can, I mean, Sunday night, yeah, opening night, but the real day is Monday. Okay. Yeah. Monday's Nationals play at three o'clock. Everyone tune in. I'll be at work. We'll be, I'll watch. I was supposed to be off, but now I got to work. That's okay. I got, I'm, I'll put it on the radio. I don't care. You yeah. sound excited. Oh, yeah. I'm thrilled to work on opening day. It's every year. I'll be at work. <laughs> so before, before we end the show, we're going to talk real quick about Tiger Woods and his jet was spotted in Augusta. What was it two days ago he was spotted or was it, yes, it was actually yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday it. and there's a report he played 18 rounds and like I said, 18 holes, 18, holes, 18 rounds, 18 holes, he played 18 rounds, that's pretty actually, good. Pretty good, he's in shape. <laughs> he I played, don't know how you even fit that in in one day. <laughs> <laughs> it's not possible. He played 18 holes and like I was telling with Brad, I was like, if he's going to come back, it's going to be the Masters. Ratings will be off the chart. If Tiger Woods come back, the Masters are, their ratings are going to be off the chart. If he lasts until the weekend, the ratings will go up even more. And if he's in contention Sunday, the ratings will be the probably their all time highest, just because of the storyline. They'll be Tiger Woods is back. Yeah. Uh, personally, I'm. I don't know if he's going to make the cut. Obviously, if he's coming back for the Masters, he doesn't want to embarrass himself on national television. So he's got to be doing something right. I mean, do you really think he's the type of guy who come back to embarrass himself once again? I don't think so. Uh, Brad, what do you think? Do you think he would do that? Do you think he would push him back too early just to be on the Masters to embarrass himself? I don't know what to think about Tiger Woods anymore, Shite. Uh, I think Tiger thinks he can, and so I think he will. Uh, but personally, what I've seen from him, one, inability to stay healthy. Two, even if he is healthy, he's playing like crap. 
Uh, you know, so he hasn't been competitive at all. Um, so what possibly makes me think that, that, that he's ready for this? Uh, I don't know, but he's Tiger Woods. And so you can't really ever count him out. Uh, but if he does come back at Augusta, I know he knows that course well. And, and one thing that's really hurting Tiger right now is that he's just, you know, he can't get in a rhythm and he can't find, he can't find that rhythm because he's not confident. And at Augusta, he's had success. You know, he's hoisted trophies and, and, you know, winning amateurs there. And also he's got his green jackets. Uh, you know, Tiger is ready to go at Augusta virtually at any moment. He knows how to hit every single shot, approach shots into every green. Uh, so I, I think this, if there is such tournament to where, where he can come back strong, I think this, this tournament, because this course he has confidence at, even though it's a difficult track, he's played it a lot and he's had success there. And so I think that will play in his mind uh, and will really affect his game in a positive way. So if he plays... I think he will play play well. Whether or not he's he's going to win, I, I I would take the field against him right now. I mean, he's hundred and whatever uh, in the world, but I would take the field over Tiger. But look for him to to definitely be looking better than what than what he has been the past couple of years. Um, I just got some really big breaking news on my cell phone. You ready for this? Adam Schefter's reporting the Redskins just traded their fifth round pick, their fifth pick, and Kirk Cousins. To the San Diego Chargers for Philip Rivers and their first round pick. What? What? Yeah. April Fools. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> April Fools, everyone. Even though it's on the second. Chargers <laughs> win. Because I didn't get to see Brad yesterday. Well, I didn't get to talk to him. I just now thought about it. So late April Fools since we weren't on the show yesterday. <laughs> that was a good was delivery, like, though. You Brad had quickly was on his cell phone like, <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. I grabbed it. I was like... <laughs> I don't see that anywhere. Nice try, though. <laughs> All right. Um, Coach, awesome. what are your thoughts on Tiger? Well, like you said, he was down there practicing. <laughs> you have to remember. Tiger, first of all, he has to commit to playing in the Masters. Now, there's no timeline on him committing to play. But if he comes in and says he's going to commit, then he has uh, got his game where he wants it to be or almost getting it back to where it should be. <laughs> <laughs> I just see him laughing all the time. But yeah, I mean, Tiger, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, if he does make it to Sunday and he's competitive and he's within, you know, two two or three strokes, this is going to be a very big day on Sunday for the Masters. Probably one of the biggest they've had in a while because, yeah, they've had good Sundays, but really what draws ratings to golf right now is going to be Tiger Woods. It's sad to say, but even though there's great golf going on right now, weekend we out, Tiger Woods brains people and if people are like you know flipping through the channels oh Tiger Woods is only down two and there's like you know seven holes left I'm gonna stay on this channel and see what he does and that's what happens but if it's like you know like when Rory had that blow at the US Open you really think anyone's gonna pay attention to that it's like he's up by seven like okay I'll just go to something else he's obviously gonna win so I think like if when Tiger's there he brains people to watch it's ratings golf knows it it's good you know it's, it's almost good for golf because it makes people interested in golf. I mean, that's really what brought golf almost back to the map was Tiger Woods and what he was doing. It was special and people were, he was opening people's eyes. So, you know what, even if he's not, you know, the best what he is, I really hope he does come back because it's good for the game. It gets people to listen. You know, it's great for Nike as well. 
I mean, people, I mean, how many, Brad, working at this, how many times people came in and they want to get Nike because of Tiger? Let's think about that. Well, sure. Uh, but that, I mean, th- that kind of marketing goes with everyone, with, with every, with like every Jordan sport, with so. Nike, but I mean, for golf sure. clubs, especially it was Tiger Woods, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I think Nike in terms of like, as a company was able to, to dive into a field dominated necessarily by TaylorMade companies like Callaway, Titleist. They use Tiger as uh, their marketing. And they use Tiger as a marketing ploy and saying, hey, look, Tiger Woods is hitting our stuff. Don't you want to be like Tiger Woods? He's the best. And, uh, you know, I, I sure I think that did draw a crowd. But, you know, it, that that technique is used in in every you know form of uh, sports competition. You know, you notice about Nike is they always go for the hot young golfers, you know, the hot ones who are, all, you know, on fire right now on tour, which, you know, I think Mac Roy uses Nike now. Well, they were probably sweating when he threw that three iron into the pond down there at Doral. So that was great. But uh, I mean, Nike, that's the thing about Nike. Nike knows, even with golf, they know who to get that's going to bring them money. And they get the golfers who are our hot topic right now, which is McElroy back in the day was Tiger Woods, Michelle Wee, Michelle Wee, when she was on the, um, not Michelle. Yeah. Michelle, Michelle Wee, yeah. Wee. Yeah. She hits Nike. Yep. 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 And that's, you know, even though she's not that good of a women's golfer when she started, but it was, she was a hot topic though when she came out, how young she was. She's she a hot topic and now she has her first major under her belt winning, right. uh, winning last year. So congrats to her. Uh, you know, she's still young. I mean, you know, what, 27 years old? She still has plenty of golf ahead of her. Yeah. But they know how to, Nike just knows how to market even with golf. They know how to market everything. So. Well, I mean, it's brilliant. They, 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 they shoveled a lot of money into Tiger's Jordan. pocket, Jan Jordan. But I mean, in Jeter. golf world. In the golf world, and and you know they they made out hand over fist for sure. They get the best golf. Tons. I mean, they get the best players. Like we said, Jordan, Jeter, Ronaldo with soccer. I mean, they LeBron. They know, yeah, they know who to get. You know who hasn't come out with like golf thing, which was rumored when we were working there. Brad was Under Armour. Was they were so rumored to come out with equipment and everything, but it just never worked out for them. I just I think they stayed away from that, and they're probably smart to do that. Yeah, them and Adidas, you look at two really big apparel companies. I know this is kind of sports talk, but kind of also uh, uh, apparel talk as well, uh, fashion talk. But, you know, those two companies have stayed away from the equipment aspect of things, uh, you know, and you kind of wonder, well, well. Well, Adidas is almost in company with TaylorMade, kind of. I mean, when we had that little website with TMAC, is you can get Adidas. And also TaylorMade, it's almost like they were almost coexisting with each other. So you can almost say TaylorMade, they're their own company, but they work really closely with Adidas. Well, Adidas will be probably more apparel type True. of stuff. And TaylorMade makes the clubs. It's yeah. almost, I, I don't know, they maybe have a contract for each other because a lot of the TaylorMade golfers wear Adidas attire. Yeah, it's, that's very true. I don't know if there's a joint something going on, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just know they're not manufacturing their own clubs and they're really big. Um, well, they're, really, well, they're really, smart. Just, they just stay out of it. Just make your money and other stuff. Well, sure, but why? If they're as big as Nike in terms of apparel and footwear, why couldn't they jump into an equipment? Uh, you know, why, like why said, couldn't they, they sign some some young guy? Like I said, they probably do have the contract with Taylor Made, and I'm sure they get a piece of that. Probably, Maybe. but Under Armour Under Armour might be waiting for the moment when when, when they can jump on someone. I mean, Jordan Speed is hitting, uh, you know, it, is is rocking their stuff. Is he hitting ping? No, he hits Titleist. I'm pretty sure. A lot of the ping golfers I saw were. Under Armour, like Hunter Mayhem. Yeah, Hunter Mayhem does. But um, I don't um, know. Yeah, um, we're gonna go over some more golf stuff next week. We're gonna have a little Masters. You know, not a whole episode, but half our episode will be about the Masters. I know Brad's excited for that. <laughs> Brad gets silly for the Masters every year. It's it's great, great event. 
Um, before we go off, I just want to say congratulations to the University of Maryland Terps basketball team who got the fifth ranked player in high school, Diamond Stone, Stone right? Diamond Stone? Diamond, Diamond Stone. Diamond for everyone. Oh, good for he was Sixth. A, uh, I read fifth. My thing said fifth. Maybe in some... Some other ones. Uh, fifth. I guess different ones, fifth and sits, but Courtney has being the sits ranked five player. Five and a half. And... <laughs> For him coming here, I want to thank Mello for staying because he said on an interview with um, Grant and Danny from 1067 The Fan, yeah. um, he said that he wouldn't have came here if they hadn't, if Mello hadn't stayed. He actually talked to Mello for making a decision. His, his reasoning was, you know, I want to play with someone who can get me the ball and someone who I can play well with and know that's going to be there. So sure. thank you, Mello, for staying. We all appreciate it. Maryland, look for Maryland basketball to be a force next year again, and there's no reason they should go in the season not in the top 10 range. Where is this kid from? The guy Wisconsin. Who, okay. Wisconsin. A little Wisconsin. shout out to the Lady Terps and prayers. Shout out and prayers for their matchup against uh, right. Connecticut Huskies. When's their game? Congrats to them. Is it Sunday? The Final Four. Uh, I think that the women's Final Four is Sunday, yes. And then their championship's on Thursday. Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. That's what I meant, Tuesday. I'm sorry, Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday. Got my T's confused. Hopefully, man, if they beat Connecticut, that'd be huge. They should, if they beat Connecticut, no reason they shouldn't win at all. I mean, that would be a massive, massive upset just because, you know, Connecticut is so good right now and they've been so good. Not that Maryland hasn't, uh, but, but definitely Connecticut's been uh, extremely dominant when it comes to, to women's basketball. Next week, I want to go over something that I heard on the radio the other day was there, Kentucky's going the unbeaten streak and they were going over, I know we're getting a little over time here, but just, right. just real quick, uh, like the greatest, you know, like undefeated, the greatest type season you've seen at a professional team, and I call into the show regularly, and I mentioned the women's Connecticut team when they had that, I think it was an 86-game win streak, and the host of the show threw it underneath the bus. And, you know, it's just women basketball. Connecticut's always there. But I feel like a team that can win, you know, two straight seasons of undefeated, two national championships, I mean, you can't throw that underneath the bus. You can't say, oh, it's women's basketball. Connecticut's always going to be there. I mean, that's... I felt that was almost disrespecting Connecticut, and I still feel the women's Connecticut basketball team for that three-year stretch was probably one of the greatest runs ever in any kind of pro sport, not pro, but you know, any kind of, you know, top level sport. Yeah. But maybe that's something we can discuss, you know, future on the show, you know, the best professional team that had a regular season. Sure. That'd be some, that'd be a good thing to discuss. But, um, uh, we're winding down here on the show. Like I said, next week, uh, we'll be on Thursday once again at 7 p.m. That's right, 7 p.m. You got it. Yeah, that is a time. Yes, Thursday. Right. <laughs> we changed it from 6.45 to 7 p.m. 6.45 is just a weird start time. I don't know why I ever did that. 7 p.m. is right, 7 p.m. right on the dot. We're going to discuss half the show. We'll discuss the Masters preview. The first round would probably already be completed, but we're going to go over Friday, who we're thinking going to make the cut and who's going to be. And we'll pick our winners. You know, Well, after seeing the first day of golf, we'll pick our winners. Uh, we're also going to go over the first week of the MLB season, You know, who looked good. Our top five storylines, how they looked so far after, you know, one or, you know, two or three games, you know, see what the teams are at a little bit, who looks good, who doesn't. Uh, we're also going to go over the finals of the NCAA tournament. How did our pits look? If Duke wins, Kentucky won, Wisconsin made it somehow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right before we go, Paul's going to have a few things to say that I forgot to have him say last week. I'm sorry, everyone. Sorry, oh, Paul. No, I forgot too, I guess. Um, so what are we talking about? I guess how they can get in touch with us, right? So Yeah, uh, I want people to get in touch yeah, with us. Yeah, so www.shipesportstalk.com. That's the website. There's a form on there if you click on the Contact Us tab uh, that you can get in touch with us with. Send us your questions, comments. We'll read them out live on the air and address them for sure. 
uh, at Stripe Sports Talk via Twitter. Send us a tweet. We'll make sure we uh, address that as well. And email Talk at gmail.com. All of those of which you'll be able to get in touch with us, submit your questions, and we'll be sure to actually, um, you know, address them for sure. I know Matt and, and, and Brad and Coach would, would love to hear some questions. <laughs> so once again, good luck, Maryland Terps. Good luck, Washington Nationals, in your first opener of the season. Oh, I do. I do want to tell the, all the listeners that if you're listening to this podcast right now or watching it on uh, on YouTube, um, give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher in yes. a rating. Please and, do that. Uh, we'd appreciate it very much. So if, if we uh, actually hit a milestone last week, we hit. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago. We hit a thousand downloads. So thank you, people. Please keep on listening. Keep on downloading. We all appreciate it. Right. On. You know, we love doing this. All of us love sports. So for myself, for my producer, Paul, for Brad, Coach, thank you for listening. Have a great Easter, everyone. Stay safe over the weekend and get ready for some baseball. Let's go, Lady Terps. Yeah. The words of Dave Jagler, unbelievable. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. To make nationals history with this pitcher. Total domination.